We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Hey, it's Sparky Fiber at 12.50 a.m. The Fan 55 past the hour, which means it is time for our local sports talk, sponsored by Young Express. And as we do each and every week, we talk with Brewers analyst Tim Dillon from Bally Sports, Wisconsin. And, of course, it is brought to you by our friend, friends over at Robert Hack Diamonds, where they pay cash for your gold. Visit them in Greenfield at 76th and Layden or their new location in Brookfield, roberthackdiamonds.com. Let's first start off talking about the unbelievable performance by Max Scherzer, six innings pitch of Perfect baseball, nine strikeouts coming fresh off the IL. To do it itself is amazing. To do it coming off the IL, I think, makes it even more impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to use the word unbelievable when you're talking about someone like Max Scherzer because he is so good. He's such a competitor. He just won't let the moment or the being on the IL, the lack of facing hitters, um, to, to, to you know derail him from what he's trying to do out there. That was his 200th win, too. So he knew there was a lot on the line. But what was most impressive with the nine strikeouts and six innings, it was he averaged 11 pitches per inning. That right there is impressive. You know, that's the other thing for me, right? So do you think when you're a hitter and you're in that that situation, and they had a couple of hard hit balls off of Scherzer early on. Jace Peterson had one, I think, had an exit velocity over 100 miles an hour. Uh, so you, you're in it. You know he's pitching really well. Do you think the hitter's mindset changes any when they're going against a guy that's throwing that well? Well, you, you know, he's an elite pitcher, and what elite pitchers do is they get ahead early. They refuse to go deep into counts where you can finagle a walk, where you can do different stuff. Um, he just refuses to do that. He refuses to do anything but challenge you over and over and over again. The best in the business do that, um, and that's exactly what he did. He was like, here, hit this, here, hit this, here, hit this. And that right there forces every at-bat after that where guys go, you know what, I have to get in the box ready to swing the bat because he's not messing around. That right there is how you um, defeat a team, really, especially a team like the Brewers who are real big into walks, right, and putting pressure on – pitchers that way when they're at their best the brewers are walking and they're stealing bases back shirts are just he said no not on my watch <laughs> what about the from the hitter or from the pitcher perspective i should say like a corbin burns that's going against scherzer he's dealing you know that he he's dominant at this point because i'm sure you're hearing the hitters talk about it as well does that change how you go about things do guys maybe tighten up a little bit thinking they're gonna have to be as perfect as scherzer in order to keep their team in this game no, I think the only thing you think as a starting pitcher is that right away you know that you're not going to have a lot of time in the dugout. You know, you're not dogging your teammates. You're like, you're going up against one of the best. The guy's one Cy Young for a reason. Um, you go in the dugout knowing, 
okay, I can't mess around. I got to make sure I get rested. You need water, wipe the sweat off, knowing you're going to be back out there in 11 pitches, right? Like just four minutes, you're going to be back on the mound. Um, especially if, you, if you're laboring, laboring through an inning, you throw 20 plus pitches and then suddenly you sit on the bench for four minutes. They've done studies where um, you're talking about your heart rate and how long you're on the mound versus how long you're in the dugout. They obviously, um, with the research, they want a two to one ratio where, you know, if you spend five minutes on the mound, you want 10 minutes in the dugout is, is ideal. Anything below that can hurt you. Anything above that can hurt you just on your performance when you go back out statistically across the board. So, I mean, that's not that anybody's thinking about that <laughs> when you're on the bench, but you know that you don't have a lot of time uh, when you're on the bench like that uh, with Scherzer on the mound. You know, in that game, Alonzo uh, hits a, a blast uh, to make it 3-0. Uh, and I, I was seeing that Burns had only thrown 16 changeups to right-handed hitters all season entering Monday, but he threw a changeup below the zone on a 1-2 count to Alonzo, who obviously crushed it out. Is it unusual to have starting pitchers throwing a certain pitch that little when we're talking about getting into the month of September here and in the m- middle of September? Well, it probably just goes to show that they're like, hey, if they have a scouting report on me, then I'm going to disrupt that scouting report, throw you something I don't throw that much. Um, but as of seven hits that Burns gave up, four were on off-speed pitches. The changeup was, was Jekyll and Hyde. He would get a swing and miss, and the guy would look terrible, and he would execute it amazingly, and then they would get a good swing on another one. Particularly with that at bat, it was three off-speed pitches in a row. It was curveball, curveball, and then changeup below the zone. You're giving a hitter a chance if you kind of steer clear of your best pitch. Um, which his cutter was good. It was effective. He wasn't getting the swings and misses that he wanted. Um, and so I think he just tried to do something that was kind of off the books, right? You know, I don't do this a lot. I'm going to go to this pitch in this moment, and you don't have a scouting report that coincides with that. So I think he just tried to trick him. It wasn't an awful pitch because it was below the zone. It would have been a ball. Um, great piece of hitting by Alonzo. But, again, coming after two off-speed pitches, you throw three in a row, you're, just, you're kind of asking for trouble sometimes. Talk with Tim Diller, of course, Bally Sports, Wisconsin, as the Brewers now uh, two and a half, three games out uh, behind the Padres and the Phillies here with uh, the days clicking away. They don't hold the tiebreaker against either team, Tim, which adds more pressure to this Brewers team to have to win. I'm not going to say their chances of making the playoffs are over because still there's plenty of games to go, but there's a lot of pressure really now more than ever to pretty much win every game here on the way out. Yeah, on our podcast that is coming out later today, the Brewers Unfiltered podcast, Adam McAlvey brings up the fact that I think Fangraphs has the percentage of them making playoffs at 23.5%. I don't even know what that means. It sounds better than zero, though. Uh, the Brewers have a chance. Some things have to fall into place, but at the same time, they got to start rattling off some wins. We've heard them been talking about that pretty much all month. Uh, but to me, they're playing good, but they need to tighten up some stuff. To me, the defense alignment, I think, has been not great uh, the last month or so. Um, some of the base running mistakes, I know Luis Arias, and it's not his fault because of, you know, if they tell you to run, but he got hung up and got called out twice yep. between third and home the other day. So basically, there's little mistakes that are happening that aren't necessarily the player's fault. Maybe it's, a, it's an issue with, you know, how they're lining up guys with statistical whatever. Um, but there's a point when you can only give up so many ground ball base hits as a pitcher where you're going, I can't continue to do this. I got to change something up. That's when the big hit ends up coming is after some of these dinker infield hits that just barely get through. So to me, they have to start tightening up from all different angles. It's not just a, 
hey, we've got to score more runs or keep them off the board. It's the little things that they could do to be more well-rounded out there, I think. You know, that's interesting that you bring that up because if you're pitching American Family Field, you want ground ball pitchers. That's what you want. You don't want the ball to get up into the air, and that's probably the same at every ballpark, but it feels like the ball carries a little bit more in American Family Field. So when you do get those ground balls and you're doing your job, like you said, you probably do get frustrated, and, and now you start doing stuff that's maybe a little bit out of character to try to get it out. Well, prime example, Adrian Hauser, pretty much every time he goes out there, I feel like he gets his share of ground balls. Jason Alexander as well. These guys are pitching their game, and they turn around, and they're not getting their double plays. I think the other day there was a man on first. There was a ground ball hit, which is pretty much normal double play depth for any team, you know, before the year probably 2010. Right. <laughs> and it would have been a double play. But Adamas has to make an above-average amazing play, runs over to second base, gets the lead runner, and then tries to throw to first. And it's not a double play. But everyone applauds because he did make a you know, above-average play from where he was positioned. And it's not the guys out there positioning themselves. I, I don't know. I, I, I hate to – I don't even know who to – there's not really a blame, but I look at it as the pitcher. If he's going out there doing his job at American Family Field, which it is easy, very easy to give up a home run there. I've done my share. Uh, but you get a ground ball, you want your out. And even if you're a ground ball pitcher, you want your double play. And when you don't get it, there's no measurement for how it makes a pitcher feel. Number one, you're angry. You're just like, Why? Why are they playing me the same place as they play a, a lefty side armor? You know, why are we playing the same defensive shift in those situations? You know, you got to give me something. And these guys are passionate about it. So then it's like, okay, well, that didn't work. Let me try something different. And then, boom, there comes the extra base hit. So uh, to me, I don't know why that is. I could be way wrong. They may be saving so many runs and have so many statistical whatever to back it up. But um, if you open your eyes and you watch a game, you'll start noticing a lot of ground balls that are going for base hits. So my question is this. So when they put the defensive shift on, because that's what the numbers say, then do the catcher and pitcher work differently to the hitter because of the shift that's on behind them to kind of help the shift do its job? Great question. You know, sometimes that can be the case if you don't know what to do, but um, I would never tell a pitcher. I think you'd be the worst coach imaginable if you told a ground ball pitcher or any pitcher, hey, we don't like it when you give up weak contact on the ground. Please stop. They would never say that. You'd be the worst coach ever because right. that is the goal. The goal is to miss a barrel on the ground. Give your infield a chance to make a play. And the Brewers have a, a great infield. It's above average infield. So where's the discrepancy? What is happening? Uh, why aren't these being turned into outs? Well, it, it, it goes on where people are standing. In AAA, um, I've been in AAA, gosh, for a decade, right? I've been pitching for so long, but I know myself. I know my stats. I know I, I'm supposed to get double plays. So I had to go to my manager at the time and say, listen, your defensive alignment when I'm on the mound is wrong. It just is. I'm giving up these little dinker hits. They should be double plays. They should be outs. And he's like, okay, well, what do you have to support this? And I go, okay. Usually I average three, whatever it was, three ground balls, uh, ground ball double plays a month for whatever innings I throw. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I should have seven right now. I have one. So he goes, so what's the fix? And I was like, I need guys to play double play depth like they have since Little League. I, that's all I need. So we talked about it for an hour. All that was given to me, nothing for a lefty, but for a righty. If a righty comes up with a man on first, we're going to play normal double play bet. So I'm on the mound the next time out, and I'm looking at my shortstop, and they're about to do their big shift, even with a man on first. And I said, no. And I looked in the dugout, and we lined them back up to where I thought they were supposed to be. First pitch, ground ball, double play. I ended up getting five double plays that month. Wow. Only because... I had to open my eyes and say, this cannot keep happening. And I'm not saying I was super right. If I would have been wrong, then 
whatever. You know, I probably would have gotten even worse ERA. But I think you have to open your eyes and go, we can prevent this. There's a number that we're not looking at, and this can be prevented. And uh, maybe it's something you never noticed, but now that you watch one of their games, you're going to see it, and you're going to wonder, well, why is that? And I'm wondering the same thing. That is wild. That's great stuff. Tim Dillard, Valley Sports Wisconsin Brewers analyst, uh, joining us here on 1250 AM, The Fan. One last one for you, Aaron Judge and what he's doing right now. Uh, tell me your opinion as a guy that you know had a pitch against these guys. Well, I never got to pitch against Aaron Judge, thank God. Not here, but in general. I mean, you know how hard it is to hit a baseball. You felt oh, you've man. went against great hitters before. I mean, seeing this dude come Absolutely. up, I'm not saying he's bonds necessarily, but he's had an unbelievable year. Well, I mean, if you're going to compare him to Bonds, I mean, this is probably the closest thing to to him as a right-handed hitter um, outside of, you know, performance-enhancing right. drug, you know, conversation, I guess, whatever's out there. But uh, with Aaron Judge, I, so I, I get to watch these games by the Brewers. They pay me to do that, which is awesome. Um, and one of the things I look for is exit velocity. I don't like to talk about that. I don't really care that much because a lot of times you can have the highest exit velocity, but it doesn't really translate to hits. So I keep an eye on the games, and the Brewers are fantastic at this. McCutcheon crushes the ball. He's up there a lot. Hunter Renfro, Christian Yelich the most, um, are in the top five uh, of, you know, hardest exit velo. So the other day, and this is for every game. So the other day against the Yankees, the Sunday day game, Aaron Judge had all five, all five of the top exit velocities. He had five at-bats in that game, and he had all five of the hardest hit balls of the day. That right there just shows you that not only does he just he squares the ball up, but he's doing it against different pitchers in different situations. That right there is a tough thing to do and get somebody out when it's like it doesn't matter the situation or who's on the mound. He's going to hit a rocket. That kind of hurts your feelings as a pitcher. Are you surprised that more pitchers aren't trying to work around him? I just put him on base like they used to do to Bonds back in the day when he was on fire? I think the Brewers did intentionally walk him at one point yep. uh, in the series, but um, you just you got if the guy is willing to take his walk, that's that's troubling as well. I think Willie Adamas is proving he can do that. He had a seven-game walk streak, which if you can go streaking while walking, he was doing that. Sure, and um, that that was the best of his career. And so I think when a guy's willing to take a walk, that's intimidating because you're like, man, is that chasing out of the zone on all the good pitches I'm throwing at? And uh, if you start doing that to judge. You have to go way off the plate because he has so uh, so disciplined at the plate, but he's able to cover the plate. I mean, he's so long and wiry. He's hitting balls down and in. He's hitting balls six inches off the plate away. So it's like, okay, you're going to pitch around this guy? You better really, really walk him. <laughs> like, really, really walk this guy. Um, and that's what you're facing. You're facing a guy that's willing to take a walk, but if you try to challenge him, he's ready for that too. And he's been doing it all year. He's, he's probably going to win the Triple Crown. He is unbelievable. He is Tim Diller, Bally Sports, Wisconsin, a Brewers analyst. Check out Brewers Unfiltered podcast uh, right now on Brewers.com. Also, you can check it out on your Odyssey app as well. Him, Adam McKelvey, and Brad Ford. Tim, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Sparky. Good you, to talk to you, man. You betcha. Take care. There he is, Tim Diller. We'll talk to him again next week. He's sponsored by Robert Hack Diamonds, where they pay cash for your gold. Visit them in Greenfield at 76th and Layden or their new location in Brookfield, roberthackdiamonds.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.